Hey everybody, Yislike here. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by A Thousand Dreams, a developing adult liberal arts curriculum that celebrates transgression in most of its forms. Currently, the curriculum is comprised of a daily blog, four weekly podcasts, weekly multimedia lectures, a book vlog, lots of extra content on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and a Patreon that includes exclusive content and early access to much of our regular content. You can access all of our content, including a link to our Patreon, from our central hub at a thousanddreams.org. Please send comments and questions about the curriculum to a thousanddreams.org at gmail.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to season two of Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Yes Like Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. And we hope you all are enjoying your summer and are excited about having more freedom to enjoy life now that most of the COVID restrictions have been lifted. In this first episode of the season, we're going to talk about what we'll be doing on the podcast in the coming months. And we'll also talk about some goals that we have for ourselves as individuals and as a couple. So we started off our first season in the middle of the COVID pandemic, and our lives at that point felt very constricted. Lance, do you remember what it felt like back then? I had been laid off, and well, we both had been laid off, and we We're stuck at home like most other people. We weren't able to hardly do anything that we enjoyed, like going to concerts, movies, out to dinner, let alone to BDSM clubs and munches. So when we started the podcast, we focused a lot on reflecting and introspecting about who we are as a femdom couple and about how we understood and experienced our individual roles. To be honest, I actually really didn't mind staying at home and thinking about our relationship. But I think Lance was feeling pretty confined back then and not in a good way. Is that true? Yes, indeed. I really don't like sitting at home (laughs) staring at my navel and I prefer activity and experiencing life. So, Lance, what was the worst thing for you about the COVID quarantine? Yeah, the worst thing for me was getting laid off. Really, I was fired, which was which is a first for me. But truly, the worst part of COVID was that we became socially isolated or socially distanced from other people. One of my goals for myself was to improve my social interactions with other people. We were starting to do that in the kink community by going to munches and play parties and our Deantward concert was completely shut down and canceled because of that. Yeah. 
Well, that might have been because Ninja turned out to be a rapist, but who really knows the truth there? Well, for me, the hardest part was probably not being able to go out to eat or to the movies. Other than pizza, the takeout was always cold. Actually, the worst thing was probably having to wear my mask in the grocery store. I'm not an anti-masker at all, but I did not like wearing a mask in public all the time. And in the grocery <laughs> store, it made me feel extremely claustrophobic for some reason. Like I, every time I would freak out. And, and it messed with your glasses too and mine as well. Um, it oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then with all the grocery pickers, right? For the, for, you know, the remote shopping or whatever, mm. you know, clogging up the aisles. Huge just... shopping carts that are like 10 yeah. times bigger than the normal ones. Yeah, they could have had them do that overnight mm. or at least in the evening, but they didn't want to pay, you know, second and third shift wages for that. So anyway, um, yeah, nobody died on us. That was really a plus. Our children survived school in the COVID situation. Yeah, I, f I feel that my daughter's education suffered during that year. Yeah. My daughter's social life definitely suffered. That was last year was supposed to be her first year of high school and it was completely fucked mm -hmm. up, you know, which is I mean, these are definitely first world problems without a doubt. Is there anything you miss about COVID? Yeah, there were a lot of companies offering free stuff during COVID. Like, for mm. example, I got to listen to Sirius for about two months for free really getting laid off let go from my previous position i i got to do more hiking collect unemployment which was another first for me i got to you got to see how the welfare <laughs> moms how the welfare queens live yeah yeah i, I don't trade that little bit of money for th that insecurity though it's it's nerve-wracking well i also have to say that i did appreciate the cheap gas at least in Colorado. That life is over now, for sure. And the lack of traffic, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, driving all the way down there. Yeah, it was like nothing. But mostly, I miss having my daughter at home most of the time during the school year. And now that it's summer, what I miss is not having to chauffeur her around to all <laughs> of her activities all the time. So, Lance... With all that time for introspection during quarantine, what's something that you didn't know about yourself that you now really like or appreciate or are grateful for in yourself? And also something that you didn't know about yourself that you now see and would like to change or work on? I'm not sure whether I found out anything new about myself. I think a lot of the things that I've been trying to improve upon myself have been known. And I think I've made progress in the way that I communicate with you. During that time, we really tried to focus on your emotional needs. Prior to that, it was all me, me, me. <laughs> Not that I'm going to say that I'm done with that area of improvement, but I think I've made significant strides so in general, I think I've become more empathetic. As far as further or other improvements, we've talked about my defensiveness. I tend to see criticisms everywhere. So maybe I need 
to not take your corrections of my behavior as personal insults. Right. They definitely aren't. And yeah, it's hard on me, you know, as a dom, because I have to give corrections mm -hmm. and then to get you know, hostility back for that puts me in a weird double bind. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And as you've correctly pointed out on numerous occasions, this is what I've signed up for. So I shouldn't be reacting the way that I have in the past. So that's something that I definitely will work on. Great. Thank you. So something that I learned about myself during quarantine that I like and appreciate is that I do in fact have a deeply felt social identity and that social identity is kinkster. And I don't mean like kinkster the way that that term is used in the kink community as someone who will just basic is is just like a general mm. a generalist fetishist. It's really just someone who's kinky. That's how I'm using the term. I don't necessarily identify myself as my role as dom or as d-type in general, not socially. I don't try to be the domliest dom at the mm. table or in the club or anything like that. I'm the master of one mm. at this point, hopefully of a few others, but... Uh, I've seen examples where you can be <laughs> the domliest dom at the table, but not you don't go out of your way to do that yeah and of course i play many different roles outside of kink i'm a mom i'm a co-parent i'm a significant other in a romantic relationship with lance here you know a constant companion to two very smart dogs a member of a religious community but when it comes to my place in society i'm a kinkster I'm a deviant, not just sexually either, but philosophically, spiritually, culturally. And over the last year, I've come to really embrace my responsibility to hold that deviant space and to represent the social and cultural fringe in any given social situation. Deep down, I've always known that that's who I am, but this is the first time over the last few months that I've fully embraced it. And even though I have spent a fair amount of time griping and kvetching about what I think is wrong with the kink world, being forcibly cut off from kinksters and kink culture in person really showed me who I am and what I need to feel like myself and be myself around other people kinksters and non-kinksters alike. And the thing that I learned about myself that's bad during COVID is that I really need to stop complaining about problems and start providing potential solutions. And I may also need to apologize to a few people in the community along the way. But perhaps even though my identity is kinkster, I still feel most authentically myself on the fringes of even the kink community itself, at least culturally and ideologically. After a year of isolation and introspection, now that the world is starting to open up again, we're going to turn our attention toward the outside and focus on exploring new places, meeting new people, and learning new things. 
Many of our episodes this season will be about our travel adventures. We start closer to home, checking out a few Colorado BDSM venues outside of Metro Denver. And then in August, we will be traveling to the great state of California for DomCon LA. Also, so Lance can experience my home turf of Santa Monica. We're also thinking about going to DomCon New Orleans. You didn't know that, did you? (laughs) Around Halloween. And maybe Las Vegas in January or February. We'll keep you, all of you, including you, Lance, posted on that. And we plan to visit New Mexico and possibly Arizona next April. Meanwhile, we've already been frequenting our local BDSM venues and even a local swingers club, the experience of which we will be sharing with you very soon. In addition to visiting new places, we're going to try to push ourselves, me included, to try new things and connect with different types of people and learn as much as we can about how kink and healthy social sustainable deviance (laughs) manifests in different locales and in different people. I like that. Sustainable deviance. (laughs) Sustainable deviance, right? So, Lance... What are three ways that you hope our travels and explorations will expand your personal horizons over the next year or so? I'd like to learn more about the history of the location where I find myself, um, and I'm glad that we're starting close to home. Ever since college, I've been interested in exploring the areas where I find myself and diving deep into a particular place or history. But um, more importantly, I think meeting a new people, uh, socially deviant people, would be interesting. Finally, I'd like to have those experiences that I constantly crave. Okay, so my three ways that I want to expand my horizons through our adventures is to, one, Enrich how I experience life sensually. And this will partly involve me getting better at receiving physical pleasure from others, as well as just sensually connecting to the world around me in general. It's very easy for me to get into my head and stay in my head. My head is actually for me a pretty erotic place to be. But that's not the best thing for the rest of my body, maybe. And by others, am I included in that? I don't know. We'll have to see, won't we? But actually, we will be starting with your regular full body massages every weekend. Absolutely. That would be my pleasure. Number two, I'm going to be more systematic in my dominance. I'm going to have us try different strategies for helping you stay in a more submissive headspace for longer periods of time. And we're going to start with human clicker training. Maybe I'll throw little bonbons in your mouth every time (laughs) I do the clicker. We'll see. Um, You also talked about like... um, Shot call. (laughs) That plus pushing me around and throwing me to the ground when you feel annoyed. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we could do those things too. And I think that we should when we're at these various conventions, did I mention New Orleans, by the way? You did. 
Okay. That we should really go to some of the classes where they teach you how to do DS in various ways, even if it's irksome, <laughs> we still might be able to learn something. You know, I might be able to. Um, we, we, oh, okay. I said we. Yeah, we we have in the past, and I I found them beneficial. Where was that? At the oh, what the heck is the name of the place? Midori. Yeah, Midori, exactly. Yeah, she was pretty cool. Yeah. And number three. I am going to actively explore different ways to expand my personal agency in both vanilla and kinky spaces from my position on the social and cultural fringes of both worlds. So what I basically am going to be doing is charting new territory on the borderlands between both worlds. We're going to be talking about borderlands theory, just so you know, on our kink theory podcast, plug, plug, in case you're interested. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm interested. This is the first that I've heard of it. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of connection between borderlands theory and kink, and and that'll be something to, uh, to look out for. So... Join us on our new adventures through this strange new world of face-to-face interactions. Next time, we'll be talking about our adventures at the Scarlet Ranch. Until then, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. I'm doing my best to keep up on all of that newfangled stuff. Newfangled. Yeah. And also our A Thousand Dreams website is up at a thousand dreams.org have a great week everybody bye, bye.